Two Bros Talking Sports Podcast is welcoming you to 2021 with this episode 35 uh, to bring us up to date with our just over maybe about two weeks or so since we've had our last episode. We were enjoying our holiday season. Uh, but Travis, how was your week in the end of the year? Um, and what are you looking forward to talking to uh, or about today? Week was good. End of year was good. New year. I mean, Christmas and New Year's were just a little bit weird. I mean, you weren't, you stayed out in California. So it's a, a little different this year, obviously, I think for everyone. Um, but, you know, you're thinking about being into 2021. And I think every year, you know, it's like, all right, kind of feels like a new year. And you think of all years that people would be super excited to be done with a, a year would be 2020. To me, it's just like, all right, well, now, like, like you always have to remember, it's just, Make sure you write the 21 instead of 20 at the end of your dates. Um, but otherwise, it didn't really feel any different. Um, it has been good. It's been a very welcome reprieve to continually have basketball and football on. Um, and, and, you know, despite the Patriots sucking ass and, and how much I wish they would have sucked more, I think the playoffs for the NFL will be fun. So that's something mm-hmm. to look forward to in the next two weeks here as well. And basketball will be on, on pretty much every day of the week. Yeah, you know, always looking for the positives. Um, as you mentioned, yeah, it doesn't feel maybe all that different. Um, obviously, the dates change, the year has changed. Um, but the one thing I am welcoming in, uh, as I've been kind of bringing it up to a few people, is just, hey, if, if there's going to be and, and there, there's a desire for collective hopefulness and uh, sort of a, a positivity, fresh start, I think that breeds goodness and maybe new beginnings uh, just because the the focus is on that. So I hope going forward, 2021 uh, is a breath of fresh air, Um, but we do have sports that are helping us and helping us along. And uh, as you said, you know, as you mentioned, you know, I definitely did enjoy having um, a full day of basketball on Christmas day you know, we had some amazing football games on last night with college, and I know you don't watch a whole bunch of that, but um, it's been nice. NBA is heating up um, the early season, which we will dive into probably first. Um, but along the show, we'll talk about football. You know, we're getting ready for playoffs. The Patriots, not so much. Um, and other things around the league or around the, the, the world of sports. But let's start with basketball. Let's dive in right away. We'll go Celtics first and then branch off a little bit more. But the Celtics, a little bit of mis- mixed bag beginning. We're three and three at this point of this recording. Um, won some cool games, you know, a little bank bank shot winner uh, called game, not bank. Um, we had a couple games that we lost that I'm like, what the hell are we doing? Uh, we've had some great performances as well as what the hell are we doing? Um, so I'll be interested to see your bright spots, your highlights, good and bad to this point. So let's dive right into that. Um, and and just look at Celtics. Yeah, there's definitely been a lot of what the hell we doing. That's for sure. Um, granted it's only six games, but it has been a very mixed bag, just like much of the league. Um, rattling off some quick bright spots. Jalen Brown's looked really good. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I think, I would argue he's probably the Celtics' best player right now, or at least in terms of most complete player, um, just for how good he is on the defensive end, in addition to how the game just seems to really have slowed down for him. Um, it's exciting to see, with Kemba being out, how much they put him in pick-and-roll action and how adept and uh, well he has fared in that role, um, just because you know it, it's something that I don't think with his handle, he could have done in, in previous times, but, you know, the game definitely seems much slower for him. We, he's able to make those quick reactions or, you know, you know, keep the defender on his hip, find the right man. Um, he's made some terrific passes. Um, and he's just been a really consistent score this year. In terms of the Celtics going with two bigs, that's been interesting to see just because it doesn't traditionally, you know, we didn't see that last year or the year before once uh, Baines and Horford left, but um, it definitely puts, Tice in a different role than he was playing last year. Um, and obviously that was a role that he was, he was really good at last year being that, that starting center, but now he's more of a pick and pop guy with Tristan Thompson being the, uh, the guy down low. So I'll be interested to see 
how that shifts when Kemba comes back. Um, I do think one of, you know, him or Tristan Thompson will go to the bench depending on matchups. Um, you know, and I think we'll see, you know, Kemba plus someone, whether that's Marcus Smart or another type guard um, with Jalen and Jason in a, in a big for most, most matchups. I feel like Stevens traditionally is kind of like that lineup, uh, at least to start games. That's kind of been some surprises. Um, and then I think, you know, another surprise, as you said, is there have been a lot of what the hell moments um, where, you know, we talked about this and you texted me a while back where, you know, Jason Tatum is frequently settling for step back jumpers when we all know he can probably get to the rack. His free throw percentage has been criminally low. Um, Jalen Brown's probably a shit at this rate, 30 point a game score. If he manages to stop shooting 50% of the free throw line, which is, I think he's shooting like 60%, but it feels like he misses like four or five. Could be worse. Could be worse. Giannis. Could be Giannis. Could be Giannis. But, you know, that's, that's one of those things I think he needs to really iron out. And if he does, I do think, you know, he's, we're talking like a 20, you know, 25 to 30 point game score consistently going forward. Um, you're already seeing that now with him missing those five free throws. And obviously that number might tick down a little bit when Kemba comes back, but um, it also remains to be seen what type of Kemba Walker we're going to get when he comes back and, and you know, where his knee stands. Cause if it's, if it's a uh, kiss of death in the injury, which, you know, with how much use the Chiefs had and the type of game that he plays, then, well, no better reaction than we're fucked. Because um, I just, you know, they have some talent, but I don't think they have enough talent without him on the roster to really be in the upper echelon. I think, they'll, you know, they'll be a playoff team, but I don't think they're a championship contender without what Ken Walker can bring. Um, sure. But it's, you know, it's, it's six games. There's only been six games. We'll say there's a lot of basketball left to play. Um, but going forward, they definitely can't lose to teams like the Pistons and play that yeah. terribly because that was horrible. Yeah, def- definitely play down to the Pistons. Um, That's like an understatement. They, they have a chance to, uh, you know, beat that tomorrow uh, at the time of this recording. Uh, it's a little similar with the Pacers. Uh, Pacers are a much more capable team in my eyes. Um, but still, you know, I, I agree with you completely with Jalen Brown. Been super impressed, even against the John Morantless Memphis um it's probably not as bad as, you know, it's not the greatest team out there uh, on the other side, as far as Memphis is concerned. Uh, but still, you're putting 42 points up. you got to be somewhere efficient um, on the court. I will agree, you know, we saw it with hurting them against the Pacers, man, missing some free throws. That would have um, made a huge difference at the end of the game. Uh, Jason Tatum, to go uh, a little further on what you said, yeah, we were texting and I was saying – I saw it last season. Um, of course, it worked for the first game to win it. But Jason Tatum, with these little step back threes, which 10 seconds before he shoots them, I can tell you what he's about to do. He goes in the corner, right? The elbow yeah, and a little, a little dribble. And he, does, and, he doesn't, and he doesn't necessarily get a whole ton of space. And it's not that I don't think he can make that. It's not that I don't think he's capable of making that consistently. It's just that I think he has more – he's more efficient – and we'll get more um, out of the drive and in because when I see him sometimes go to the hoop, I see glimpses of KD or Giannis sometimes with his length, his ability to, you know, his, his control of his body, his ability to maneuver around. Uh, there's some things where, again, his, he's just so lanky in a good way. He's so long that he can, he can finish around the rim and probably get, get fouled. Um, if if maybe because of at some level he's becoming a star in the league maybe he gets some more calls so i i don't know i it's like hey yeah the three ball i know he can hit it it's good but i think there could be better so yeah that's that's the maybe a little bit of the frustrating point um and if you're going to take that shot like let's not stand in the corner where you're about to take the shot for 10 seconds before you do it that, that's i don't know never never helping um Biggs, I think, is going to just take a little time. I think that's one of the biggest question marks going into the year was the five uh, and maybe the four or five, just who's going to be down low, the combinations. Tristan Thompson is a vet, but he is still new to the team, so figuring out his usage. Robert Williams, what is he going to give you? Consistent energy like he has been at least the last few games. It's been exciting um, because he gives them a little bit of an energy jolt, maybe even more so than he realizes. Um, But I'm sure on film it's like, oh man Robert if you can just do this 
Um, it's going to really add yeah, to like us. Give him, give him 20 minutes a game with what he can Yeah, bring. exactly. Um, and then I've been pleasantly surprised. Again, I know that, hey, Kemba's not there. Like, these, these are guys that – he's a guy that's going to come back and make your team significantly better. Um, but in the interim, it's been cool because it's sort of been just an extension of a preseason. Yeah, it's just like a little level up because you're still playing around with different uh, matchups, different combinations – um out of this you know freeing up of the guards like I've been pleasantly surprised with both Jeff Teague even though I we have a lot to go off of you know what he's going to bring the team but he's been someone who's fit in right away someone I feel really comfortable running the floor and he's putting some points up and then Pritchard man uh as a rookie he's doing again this is small sample size six games um but the amount of minutes he's been given uh have definitely been just because he's been such a great shooter he's been super efficient he's been making all the right um i think he had a little trouble staying in bounds the other day but um yeah Brad outside, jokes about that. outside of that he's been super efficient making the right passes making the right plays um the the efforts there so he's someone that I've been really excited about because drafting him, I'm like, oh, cool. We'll have someone that might be a little more of like a steady, reliable outside shooter that you could kick to, um, you know, towards the end of the first quarter, third quarter, when, when you're resting your starters, whatever that can get you a couple threes, which they def- desperately needed. Um, but he's definitely showing that he can create some plays. He can create some shots. Um, he can make them. And that even when Kevin comes back, maybe, maybe he's still playing at a, a level that you, you give him, um, and I think it's right around 20 minutes per game he's been playing. Um, yeah. So hopefully yeah, he's he can some stay he's been, he's been a pleasant surprise. I mean, we all know he can play on the ball. And I think, like we had talked about, you know, he potentially would be more of an off-ball guy coming in the league just with how many players mm-hmm. can handle the ball Celtics. But, I mean, I think you're seeing Tatum and Brown just, you, you run the offense, man. He's been really good about yeah. running the offense, making the right play. Now, what, What's Pritchard's um, connection to Dame Lillard? I think because, you know, just being out in Oregon, you know, okay. train with him in the offseason. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Because Dame Lillard's like, there's no surprise on his part. So, um, yeah. And I, I mean, I do think, man, see. like, I, I hope he stays in rotation. I mean, if you look <laughs> at their draft picks, I mean, last two years, you've taken someone like Romeo Lankford, who I do think if he stays healthy, big thing and, and these injuries he's had they're not like knee injuries it's you know a fluky wrist yeah. injury that you hope doesn't happen again um or a, a finger broken thumb injury like that could happen to anyone i mean tatum had a sprained thumb it could happen to him um so like if he can stay healthy i do think he is going to be a very very valuable part of the rotation going forward and i do think he's going to make a big impact um even if it's just in a defensive capacity where you know he, he's a good on-ball defender um and i think he'll show a lot more when he's able to play but you, you draft Aaron Neesmith, who I think, you know, mm-hmm. he'll figure it out, but hasn't played a game since March, had no training camp, no preseason, no summer league. Clearly, you saw him in Memphis, had no fucking idea what he's doing on defense. And that's, right. that's probably why he's not playing. I think every Celtics fan's like, why isn't Neesmith playing? He's trying, brought in to be a shooter. We need shooting. But, like, if he can't play defense, he's not going to be out there. Um, and that makes sense. So someone like Pritchard, yeah. who has been – he's made some – great defensive plays and i saw that one play he had like last week where just read the defender put his arms up yeah reflection without even knowing like where the ball was going but knew it was probably coming to the guy guarding you know what i i just i really enjoy that part that quality of like the nba and the nba draft um especially as you get a little deeper you can find gems because i think it's really cool it's like some of these players their talent what they really needed most was the nba game the Certainly. style of game with the, 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 the space and all that stuff. And so the best you can do at a college level, it's like, okay, yeah, they have all the intangibles of shooting and this and that and this, but it's like, you have to do your best to, because the college game and the pro game are so different. You have to do your best to envision like where, how their game will translate. Why well, Pritchard keeps so, stepping out of bounds, man, because that three-point line is not enough space <laughs> between the corners I know, there. I know it, but it's like, it's like, oh, how come, you can see some of these guys like a Donovan Mitchell. How come some of these guys, because they're in college, they're great players, but the scouting department, all this stuff, like the workouts, all, you don't know until you really get them in the system. 
Um, and some of these players might not even realize that like all I needed was this style of play to really open up. So hopefully, you know, that, that he's not just showing you, you know, a, a Jeremy Lin moment, moment here in his way, but like, I, uh, I, I think, he, I think he's going to be a solid player and I you may get him for four years. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think he's older than build around him. Well, Tatum's been 19 for four years. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Crazy. Now going around the league a little bit, uh, as you, I think you already uh, stated, it's been a little, it's been the early season uh, for everybody. You know, mm-hmm. we've seen it with um, the East uh, for sure. You've seen the Bucks been their early struggles. A lot of that, you know, Giannis has got to hit some free throws, man. Holy shit. Um, but, you know, the Bucks, the, uh, you see it a little bit with the Raptors right now. Um yeah, they Miami's finally got their first good. win the other day. I mean, the play yeah. that game, so that should be a win. Yeah, there's a little little upside down right now. The, the, the land of the upside down with uh, because hey, if the season were to stop, Magic would be up there, <laughs> four and one. Um, yep, the Raptors are the Hawks. Playoffs. Hawks looking like their development is going just fine. Uh, See, the thing about the Hawks, I, I don't know what they're going to look like defensively in terms of a playoff series, but. They're certainly going to score the fuck out of the basketball. That's one thing they clearly can do. And they haven't even been healthy. Like, I mean, granted, again, it's only been – they've only played five games. But, like, Gallinari's been hurt. They haven't had Bogdanovich a few games. Rondo's been out. Chris Dunn's out for a little while there. Like, all these guys that, like, were solid pickups have not been out there consistently. So, when they have a full roster, they have a lot of talent on that roster. Yeah, I think the Nets record is not going to um... – like at the end of it all, I really think their record's not going to re- really be a reflection of how good they are because I think you're going to see a lot of games where it's just Kyrie or just KD. Um, yeah. As far as the history of injuries for both of them go, so I think they're going to be a much better. Pl- they're they're just basically like positioning themselves. Them um, losing Dinwiddie though is a big loss. That's yeah, that is. Dinwiddie's a good player. Um, and then you go to the West side. Uh, not a whole lot of like again the teams that we. Th- you know, there's going to be a lot of these teams that are who we think they are by the end of it, all the Lakers, even though going to be dropping some weird games. Um, it's similar to the Nets. It's like, as long as you got, <laughs> as long as you got uh, LeBron and AD out there, you're going to win some games and it's only a ben- you know, it's only a plus if Kuzma can figure it out, things like that. But um, the Clippers, while they haven't dropped a ton, they, and they've had a little tough, you know, Kawhi taking that bow to the the, the jaw. Um, they did lose a game in a fashion that I was not expecting. 77 to 26 at halftime. <laughs> um, yeah. That's uh, not typically how you draw it up. But, um, yeah, it's still going to be a ton of parity out there. Still some moves to be made around the league. Um, we were t- talking about this before we started recording, but, you know, uh, some teams that have some interesting um, situations, you know, one of them being the Wizards, where I think that trade that they got John Wall out of there got a little bit of, I think they got Russell Westbrook being like, hey, we don't expect anything other than Russell Westbrook. And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like the highest, the ceiling for that team or, or a Russell Westbrook-led team as much as I love them is, I think you said it, a one and done, you know, first round exit. And that's just mm-hmm. the history of how it goes. And that's, that's okay. Um, that's a step forward for the, the Wizards, but they have a situation with like Bradley Beal, which the more, you know, it's early, but if games still keep happening like this, you got to think that Beal would be someone that they'd be willing to maybe move on from. Um, Harden is a lock to be moved at some point it's just figuring it out and then uh um a team like the warriors you know they're not looking like they're going to be competing for any spot in the west and it's like do they look at potential moves so what are your thoughts around the league anything any players maybe to keep an eye on maybe someone that i mentioned already um that even though it's early uh, keep an eye on potentially at some point this season some movement or uh, some changes to be made. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the um, the mean feel will always be out there as someone, especially if the if the Wizards continue to, you know, be in this one and five trajectory. 
Um, I do think Beal will, you'll start hearing a lot more rumblings about Beal getting traded. Um, Harden, like you said, matter of, you know, when, not if, I think, ultimately, despite how, you know, good he's looked. And, you know, I think they want to give, if he's there, give him some time with, with Wall and Cousins as a full roster. Um, I, I do think it's a matter of when, not if. And then, you know, you've talked about Steph Curry and, you know, could he get traded? And you're seeing some articles pop up on Bleach Report here where, you know, he's getting up there. He's 32, still in his prime. But I just don't know. Let me ask you, how much sentimentality is there in that organization, you think, that they just couldn't possibly trade him no matter how much they probably should at a certain point here? Um, you know, I, I think that it's going to get to a point where if they continue to play this poorly, um, even though their roster shouldn't be this bad in terms of overall, you know, ability to win basketball games, um, Draymond Green hasn't really been – has Draymond Green played a game yet? I've not followed. I know I followed like their first three games. And he had he hadn't played. He hadn't suited up yet. Um, he's dealing with foot injury. I mean, he's coming off of foot injury. He's coming off a pretty, um, pretty terrible um, year. Season. Well, I mean, let's be honest. He's never built to be a full performing offense. So when you don't have Curry or Thompson there, he's going to look fucking terrible. Um, you know, he, he's he's kind of built to be a Marcus Smart type player. If Marcus Smart was your number one option in offense, you'd be like, he's going to shoot fucking 30 shots. And you might have one game where he hits 14 of them, but like other times he's going to hit like six of them. Um, right, so, right. you know, he's, he's not, that's not his role. Um, I could see yeah. Draymond Green getting traded to someone like the Hawks where they need just that, yeah. like, you know, that, that piece. And, you know, some of these guys they just traded for are just signed um, or even the younger guys. Um, well, I think that's more realistic. Like at the end of the day, no nobody in the Warrior organization comes off from coach and Steve Kerr, GM, all that stuff. No one comes off to me as being like overreactors. Or they just seem like they have a good hold of like looking long term and things like that. They just seem like they have just really good character guys in there, like Steve Kerr personalities in there that are just, yep. hey, let's let's relax, let's take a deep breath, we'll figure this out. And so I think uh, that is sort of a uh, um, sort of something that everybody resonates with and, and trusts. So, yeah, I, I'd be very surprised, and especially the logistics of, of financials of moving Curry. Would be I just looked it up for shits and grins. Draymond Green's played one game. Mm-hmm. He did not attempt a field goal. He had eighteen minutes. He had four, four assists and four rebounds in eighteen minutes. So. Yeah. That's supposed to be, you know, your next guy. I mean, like Andrew Wiggins is someone that, like, is that dude ever just going to put it all together? Like, he has such God-given ability, and he right. kind of—I mean, he's—he's he, he's a good basketball player, but like, he's not what yeah. he should be. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, again, it's so early, and and for many of these top teams that we're seeing a little bit of a rocky start, it's got to be for the most part. Maybe a couple factors. Um, one being that their season and their off season, uh, well, their season just ending. Their off season was the quickest that you know they, they'll ever have to go through. Um, so maybe a little sluggish start there, as well as hey, some of these letdown games are going to happen when there's no fans because you're more bound to probably play down to level when I don't know. There's that extrinsic um, motivation as well of of having that extra jolt of excitement with the fans. So. We'll see what happens there. But um, a lot to go with the NBA. Excited to keep following along. It's a nice thing to enter the new year with. Um, Let's change sports here. And let's go all over to uh, the NFL. And we can break down a little bit of the the Patriots. And and then also just kind of maybe make some guesses um, looking around the league with some important games coming up. Uh, COVID showing its ugly face. And uh, also what we might see going into the postseason now that we can pick and not really worry about our team being in there. So that's one good thing. Um, but the Patriots, before we get into that, um, sort of what we're, you know, whatever topics sort of pop up first with the Patriots. Um, did you see Cam Newton's uh, on, on the broadcast when they said when he wakes up? Uh, leaves and when his first cup of coffee. Did you see that? So it's yeah, like yeah. 420 wakes up. That's been all over the news. Like, they've been talking about it early in the week. Out. So 
got he's got his clothes he's just jumping in his clothes he's just you know ready to go and then first sip of coffee is until eight internet one on this one I saw someone's like I can't believe Cam Newton drives three and a half hours to get coffee. <laughs> um, and then his bedtime was 1130. And then all the people, which I actually agree with, I take my sleep extra serious. Actually for Christmas, I got blackout curtains and a sunrise alarm, which will change your life. Um, but five and a half hours of sleep, not the recommended uh, dose of sleep. So there's a bunch of over a bunch of people being like, well, no shit. You're playing like ass. You got to sleep, man. Um, well, it's anyways. great. Cause like Brady was the exact opposite. Like Brady was, you know, notorious. Like I'm in bed by nine o'clock and I don't know. Didn't JJ Watt say that too? JJ Watt's like, yeah, I just sleep for like 10 hours a day. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy. Um, JJ had a great, I mean, calling out a lot of people because uh it made a lot of sense there but anyways patriots listen we're not playing for much uh in fact we're just playing for draft position um i think it's been pretty clear i think this past week where we lost the bills got destroyed by the bills um i think this this is what i got from that game and this could be completely wrong but we're gonna play till the end with cam newton the reason we're not giving Stidham a chance is because internally we've already decided that he's not the QB of our future because in a practice setting, if he was and showed glimpses of being that QB, we would be playing him um, the last few weeks. If, if he's not clearly setting himself apart, then we've already made our mind um, internally that he is not the direction we're going to go. So whether that be through free agency with a veteran quarterback for a couple of years, or whether that be with the draft in a, maybe the highest pick we've seen in a, a very long time here for the Patriots. Um, Got to figure that role out. What do you think of me saying that? Are you following along with that? Do you have any agreeing? Are you agreeing with that? Uh, that's just what I kind of concluded, um, especially from this last week. Yeah, no, I mean, I just don't understand like, if Cam Newton starts tomorrow, like what what the fuck's the point? Just to let him go out there and throw for 57 yards and you know, honestly, I'm almost like, let's start Cam Newton so we could potentially lose tomorrow. Because I think that's the only way we potentially lose to the Jets is if Cam Newton starts. Um it's it's baffling that you know you're already eliminated from the postseason. This, this makes me more or think even more that like Cam Newton's going to be back on the roster next year. Otherwise, why the fuck would you start him against Buffalo? Why would you start him against the Jets? Um, I mean, I, I think yeah. that realistically, when you look at the quarterbacks going to be out there for, you know, the offseason, Zach Prescott, I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, coming off a major ankle injury. And then there, there'll be some other options too. You know, what, what might happen with Matthew Stafford and the Lions? Do you think if they draft a quarterback, do we think he's expendable at that point? I would love Matthew Stafford. I think he'd be a fucking great quarterback here. For, or just a solid quarterback for, you know, three years while you're developing someone. Um, I still think he's got a lot to do and he can still throw the fuck on the football. Um, but I think realistically, I feel like there's going to be a lot of changes in the roster elsewhere, but I would not be surprised if, given it's a reasonable figure, Cam Newton's back, Stidham's back, and they do bring in an, another body and carry three quarterbacks, whether that's a you know, a top 10 draft pick or whether that's someone later in draft or you know, a younger guy. I'm not saying Dwayne Haskins, but something like Dwayne Haskins where, you know, and this would only be if they don't, they're not in a position to secure someone in the draft. Bill Belichick doesn't like anyone enough in the draft to spend that much capital on in terms of draft capital. Um, mm -hmm. What do you mean? Bill Belichick can't just keep dicking around hoping for the next quarterback. Like he's, it's not like he's 55 years old here. Like, I mean, I think he's going to well, coach. For that's the thing is I have to believe that he's completely like, all right, we're going to, we're going to solve this problem. We're not going to, we, it's not yeah, time. It's not, it, it, I, I think I saw someone say like, Oh, Bill wishes he had more time with Cam Newton. They both wish that. It's like, I, I just don't. Here's the biggest thing. Like, 
I'm never going to hate on Cam Newton because everything he does since he's been here has been the, the most professional, consummate pro that you are ever going to look for. He's putting in the work. He's bringing the energy, even when they're losing. And even when he's not performing well, he's taking responsibility. Like he's doing everything you want and you ask that of that position, of a leader except, to do in your team. Except throw the football. And what, what, what's such a uh, – it's, it's frustrating, obviously – but it's also just kind of like a, such a bummer to see the performance just doesn't, it's just not there, you know, and because he is doing everything um, the way the Patriot way um, as a fan would really hope that they're, you know, this isn't a Dwayne Haskins situation. This is a, this is a guy who shows up. He's been away from his family. He's doing everything he can to prep, prepare and, and put out there. It's just, it's just kind of sad because, his performance just can't it's just not there and so yeah. i'm with you if you can sign him on a low term like in, in, in a development role like he's a guy that you want your younger people to be around i th- i would think just from what i've seen he is someone um and from a stidham standpoint like it's just maybe clear from a practice from them every single day or maybe in the film room or like decision-making process, all those stuff. It's, it, it just seems to me that if he was clearly somebody that the Patriots had hope for, he, he would have at least been starting the last two weeks yeah. um, or playing the last two weeks. And that just hasn't happened. So um, as far as like scenarios go, and you mentioned a few names already that are in the league. Um, there are some younger quarterbacks, I think that are question marks around them um, are, you know, I'm not saying they're going to go out of their way to get like a Sam Darnold or something, but like, are the jets looking to move on from him at a cheap price? Or, you know, is he someone that would be worth looking at? Is there, yeah. So my question to you um, is where, again, and it's, it's trying to read, it's trying to be a fly in the wall when we could never actually know what's going on in Bill Belichick's mind, but like, what would you like to see? Would you like to see someone, you know, uh, do you like this draft class enough to be like, hey, this is someone I want to use the first pick of, you know, the Patriots. I would like to see them use the first pick on somebody and try that. Yeah. Or is it someone that you would like to see? Okay, let's go get someone that is is got some proven track record, maybe not the best in the league, but that can at least for the next couple of years carry us and then figure out a younger situation going forward. I, uh, what, what would you like to see? So firstly, Jets answer. I think Adam Gase will be gone right after. I wouldn't be surprised if he's fired on Monday. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, the Sam Darnold question will come down to who the coach is going to be, whether they want to work with Sam Darnold, which if I'm going into a situation and I have the second overall pick, I'm either trading out of that. I'm either, first of all, I'm either drafting, you know, the best player available, not quarterback. Um, sorry, let me rephrase this. I'm either going in, taking, you know, someone like Justin Fields, who I think I can work with, and then we move, look to move Darnold, or I'm looking at Darnold, who has been – he's been pretty good this year when he's played. Um, and I, I do think he has the makeup to be a good quarterback. Um, and I'm taking him, you know, and giving myself a little bit of wiggle room, saying, you know, give me some years here to actually see if I can develop the guy. Um, if not, we know we're going to be shitty anyways. Draft, you know, another lineman there. You got Mackay Becton, draft yeah. another lineman. Um, or if someone's going to want that guy, trade out, get some more draft capital. But looking at, like, from the Patriots' perspective, and right now they're sitting at 14. I don't know if you see the article where it's like, this is what they need to do to get to, like, the ninth overall pick. Uh, first, yeah, like, I was going to ask you, what's, like, the – like So, five teams I was going to ask you, what's the most likely scenario if they win against the Jets they and stay they lose against the Jets? Yeah. If they win at 14 if – they, if they win, they stay at 14, I think. Um because right now, I, I think they do. Because San Francisco beat them. So even if they're tied, San Francisco mm-hmm. would uh, have the, the tiebreaker to be a better team. Um, but if they lose the Jets, I think, like, the Chargers need to win. The Giants, there's, like, five games that certain teams need to win. And they could get up to, like, I think ten or nine or ten in the draft. Which is that, – that's a big swing. When you think about um, looking at who's there – Let's go down the quick tracker. You got, you got three guys who you think are going to be top 10 quarterbacks as of right now. Trey Lance thinks kind of a wild card because no one really knows what he is, even though yeah, no one yeah. talked about him. He's having a lot of potential, but clearly Lawrence is one. 
Fields is right there, especially after last night's performance. He fucking tore it up last night. Zach Wilson has been coming on strong. He'll be, I think he's going to be right up there. So you got Jackson will take one. Jets are, we'll see. And then it goes Miami. Probably won't take one. Atlanta's a wild card. They could potentially take someone to, uh, to replace yeah. Ryan at some point, but I, I don't know if they will. We know Cincinnati's not going to. We know Philly's not going to because they at least have Wentz and Hurts. Will Detroit take one at seven? Good question. Giants aren't going to. Carolina, I think, is going to take quarterback. That's three teams there with quarterbacks, potentially. Denver, I don't think, will take one unless they want to bring someone in to compete with Drew Locke. I, I think they should probably look to fortify other areas of their roster, particularly defense. Dallas won't, and Justin Herbert's at L.A. Minnesota, I don't think Minnesota's taking a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Then, then it's New England. So right there, you may not even have to trade up to find a guy you like. And, and Mac Jones, no one really talks about him, but like, is that something that yeah. Belichick yeah. ends up liking? Because of Saban, and they don't have to go Alabama, pro- Alabama, man. So, I mean, th- these are all options. Um, but I think being at 14, you, you have enough to potentially give up your first-round pick, maybe a, a fourth-round pick, and then you probably have to give up next year's first-round pick to get up into that top five, top six. Um, but again, this comes back to what the point I made earlier is, is Belichick going to see him in the drafts and evaluate him in the drafts enough to decide to use that capital? Or, you know, is it a year where they get someone like a Drod Mayo situation top 10 who's like one of your best players for 10 years, you know? So there's a lot of questions to be answered. Not to forget that when they already lost the third round pick because the fucking Cincinnati Bengals film gate bullshit. Oh, like, oh, yeah. You forget about that type of deal. It's like, dude, of all the years to lose a draft pick, like you need as many young bodies. That's a that's a big. They, the Patriots are opening up quite a bit of cap room for this year. They are. Um, yeah, they so are. I, I, it makes me wonder that. Okay. I guess my 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 mind would be like, maybe because there are some great wide receivers on the board for free mm-hmm. agency this year. It, it makes you wonder if maybe that's a priority for free agent spending. He's like, let's get a target. Let's get it's a weapon. It's possible, but I just don't think – you think, like, let's let's say Allen Robinson, for example, who I think is a very yeah. good Patriots player, but will probably be one of the highest-paid free agency wide receivers. Yeah, they're not getting Juju. Let's throw that No, I don't there. think they would. I feel like Juju is going to be to the Jets or something stupid. Just I think Juju is going to go anywhere who pays him the most, and that will probably be the deal. Um, yeah. Or something of that ilk. I just think that if you look at New England and what they need, and historically speaking – They've never really spent big on a player, save Stephon Gilmore. And we all saw how that worked out. That was an awesome pickup. That's yep. the end of the year. I think they more go for someone like Curtis Samuel, maybe someone like Marvin Jones. So, like, get two of those tier two type of wide receiver guys because Bill Belichick's never going to pay premium dollar for a wide receiver. Even Randy Moss was, like, on the tail in his career, and he got him for, like, a fourth-round pick, you know? Like, right. he, he doesn't prioritize or value that position as much as he does other positions on his roster. Um, but I do think but it's that- also recognizing and having some self-awareness that even a Randy Moss at the end of it's like all those guys are being elevated into a level that was probably even better than they would admit themselves that they are because yeah. Tom Brady was throwing the ball. Correct. You know, one player, one player I really want them to go after, and if he hits Grinch, you think he will, is Hunter Henry from mm. the Chargers. So I think, I mean, obviously he's injury prone, but when he's not, he's, he's Definitely, I would say probably a top five tight end. They need a tight end because, and and it might be a byproduct of Cam Newton, but like that was pretty much a non-existent position save blocking. That's all I did. Like it it was just when you don't have a tight end threat, like it's it's a huge difference, especially for what this offense traditionally was. Even if it was Brady to Gronk, like that seam threat just opened so much up. So they need that. Um, They got a lot of fucking work to do, man. They have a lot of holes in this roster. Yeah, some tough decisions, man. I mean, they're exciting decisions, though. Like, I look at it as this is an opportunity within the challenge, you know. It's not not just like a hard – like, you got to look at this and be kind of excited from a fan perspective. And I I would imagine it's kind of like a thrill from a coaching. Yeah, did their season go the way it went they wanted it to? No. Did Cam Newton experiment? go as far as the performance aspect goes the way they wanted to probably absolutely not but I would feel like this is a moment that as a coaching staff and as like an organization you kind of are exhilarating in in a way it's like guys we can make some decisions that we haven't had we've never made before (laughs) so like let's let's go for it um 
so yeah, yeah, I think there's a lot to be, a lot that's going to be going. I, um, they're, they're, one thing we do know is they're going to do, do, do their due diligence in every area from a free agent you know, standpoint, evaluating their options there from the draft standpoint, evaluating their options there, especially when we have the, you know, the, the final draft order where we know we actually are, what teams are ahead of you, all of those sort of things. So, um, no, that's really exciting. Uh, but we don't need to harp on the Patriots the entire time. Cause again, it's kind of <laughs> a, a sad ending here, but um, we do have some important games coming up in this week, 17, the Browns and, and they're weird, important games too, because there's health in, issues. Man. There's health issues. The Browns are now having COVID issues against the Mason Rudolph led Steelers team. That's having their own issues. And not to mention the Brown Rudolph's history. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, even in other areas, you get Jared Goff break, breaking his thumb. You get uh, Kyler Murray with his leg injury. <laughs> Some people are limping to the finish line here. Um, it's going to make things very interesting. Uh, probably some good games to watch. Uh, anything that kind of comes out to you for this, this coming week? I mean, the Browns is a big one because it is. It's yeah. got to do or die. Um, see what Brent Baker Mayfield's going to do. I mean, I think it's going to be so difficult. It even doesn't even matter what division you're in. It's got to be so di- difficult to be sitting there because they're ten and five. You know, that's not yeah. great, but it's it's well, it is pretty. It is pretty great to win ten games in an NFL season is a hard thing to do, especially the Browns. And then you're looking over your shoulder, and you're like, "What the hell is freaking the the disaster of the the Eagles, the the Cowboys, the, right? <laughs> they, they none of them want to win their division. Yeah, um, exactly. So, but you can say that almost every year something like that happens. Um, so yeah, kind of, probably kind of frustrating, but at the end of the day, it's like. At least you control your destiny. If you win, you're in. If you do your job, you're in. So, um, but yeah, that, uh, never, never been it. I don't think I'm excited to watch the Browns tomorrow, but I'm interested uh, to follow. And, uh, as far as the, the postseason goes, I know I got sort of the two, two teams that I think have, you know, I, I guess that you could make a case for anyone like the Buccaneers. It's have they had a great year all around? No, but like they have enough talent. And they have proven and you never count team. Brady out once you get to the post. Brady, and then you got also Gronk out there too. Like they seem to be figuring it out here late. So you want to say that, but for me, um, the Packers seem to be firing on all cylinders. And if you're playing at Lambeau, um, not easy. Um, although they've had a couple let, they've kind of had a couple downer games this year. But outside of that, they've just sort of flown under the radar sort of, uh, you know, much to Aaron Rodgers, like personality, just sort of low key, like doesn't want all any attention. And then obviously Casey, it's like, I think they make it there. Um, <laughs> I think they go back to the Super Bowl unless someone plays out of their minds uh, against them because they're just so loaded. But any, any predictions from your point? No, I mean, I'll be interested. It'll be fun to watch the, the Saints don't really matter at this point. I think they're pretty much locked up the two seed, but they don't have a, they got Ty Montgomery shifting back to running back because their entire running back room is out because Camara. Yeah. Like, good thing Camara got six touchdowns last week and then got COVID positive. <laughs> uh, well, I don't think he's even COVID positive, but I think they're all in the contact tracing program. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. So we got some cool stuff there. Did you, uh, you said you didn't watch any of the games last night? Uh, For college football? football? College I football. did watch part of the, as I yawned, I did watch part of the Ohio State game. Uh, okay. Flipping back and forth um, about this game. I did. I did watch uh, both of them. Uh, my impressions out of it, man. I was texting you this last night. Notre Dame has got to be. This is coming from someone who really loved them back in the Brady Quinn, Jeff Samarja day, like that. Mm-hmm. What, like. What do you do if you're trying to make decisions that are best for your Notre Dame program? Because I've never seen a team like I, I just don't understand. From one side of things, Kelly as coach and the team has proven very consistently 
maybe like a year in between each one that they can make it to these games that they're they're capable of getting into the conversation of being the top four team in the nation yeah and though along the season they'll win some games but on the other side they've also shown you with a hundred percent certainty that they will not be able to compete in that big game once they have made it yep and this is just History, like, of course, history can be rewrote, rewritten in one year. Next year, they could come and beat Alabama. I don't know. But as a program who recruits well, who gets has players that should be capable, it's like, what decision do you make? Because this has been going on for so long. Do you just stick to your guns and say, hey, one of these times we're going to win? But it's not even about winning. It's about freaking being within a one score at the end of the game. Yeah, Two scores hurt. within the game. what do you do because you don't want to fire because it's like hey we're getting success at getting to this point but i don't i don't know what did they lose 38 to like 14 or something which makes it even closer because it was a last minute touchdown to make it you're playing in the semifinal one of two of the are one of the top three games of the year again including the other semifinal and then the final and you are a 19 and a half point underdog yeah how is that's not that's that that's embarrassing yeah they got they they i don't know maybe that's yeah maybe that's saying way more about alabama and like clemson and ohio state like maybe that's saying more to them maybe that's supposed to be more flattering to them for being so dominant but and and also it's like okay who are you going to replace Notre Dame within the playoffs if that's the case but um I don't know every year they just at least compete show me that you can compete in these big games because that's a tough one anyways I digress kind of put that on the side burners Devonte Devonte uh Smith is not he's pretty decent he's pretty um good. he's pretty good he should be the Heisman Trophy winner first since what uh Desmond wide receiver yeah possibly in 90 was it I don't even I know. We were like, a anyway, star. something like that. Early nineties. Um, he definitely deserves it. He's had like two or three touchdowns every freaking game you watch over a hundred yards. Um, could you imagine them with Waddle too out there? Uh, and then I, I had the biggest reaction to sports this week or yeah, this week when I saw uh, Harris hurdling and it wasn't like, it wasn't like McLeod was going low on him. He was still up high. And he just got hurt. <laughs> I'm like, all right, Mac Jones playing for his. So that was a fun game, you know. I'll be interested to see where Najee Harris goes in the draft. If he's more just like an Alabama product, or if he's look, like a legit, yeah, running yeah. back prospect, you know. Yeah, uh, Ohio State. I I completely expected Clemson to come out and um, win that. I I don't know why. I guess it's just from the last few years of like, oh, Clemson there's Dallas Sweeney and freaking Clemson back in it. Um, I saw someone tweet, someone from the Jaguars. I can't remember who it was. Or no, someone, uh, there was some Jaguars players tweeting about him, but um, Trevor Lawrence, someone's like, well, oh, uh, Shannon Sharp, I think it was. It's like, well, this is what you're going to feel like next year on the Jaguars. Because <laughs> um, he was getting peppered. QBs were taking shots yesterday. Dude, did you uh, see, just, as we were talking about Trevor Lawrence, did you see, it was on Bleacher Report, if you didn't see it. It was uh, someone didn't mute their mic in the media session. Oh, the mustache. Yeah. <laughs> zoom. <laughs> Fucking Zoom. Oh, um, so great. That was great. Um, Please mute yeah, your mics. Justin, Justin, uh, Justin Field, I'll be interested to hear what, what they say it is and then what it actually is because they're not going to say like what the hell that injury was. It, the thing was, he was holding down by his hip. Yeah which is obviously too low. And he still threw, what, like three touchdowns after? So part of me is like, there's some freaking internal bleeding, whether it's like a kidney or like, you know, I hope you can recover from a lacerated spleen or something like that in two weeks. Until Monday. Yeah. What is it, Uh, January 11th? You're still throwing darts and you're still throwing missiles. But – I'm sure today, waking up today has been difficult. I'm interested to hear what he actually, what actually happened. They're not going to tell you what the injury technically was. They'll probably give you like bruised 
side or something. Um, so those games were fun. Middle body injury, like the NHL. I know, I know. Those games were fun. So that was kind of fun to watch. Um, but yeah, let's. Uh, unless you have any other sports that I'm not thinking of. No, I think uh, you know. By the time we're we're recording oh, next week, hockey might game, be Lake Tahoe. There you go. Those will be fun. February. But have they named the teams yet? Bruins. Yes, they did. I, I thought I, it was the Bruins. The Bruins are there. Are they yeah. Flyers? Maybe. No, uh, that's Bruins fun though. Flyers? That's a lot of fun. Bruins. Yeah, Lake Tahoe. That'd be cool. Um, la, 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 la. I still know how I'd feel playing on a lake. I, I mean, it's still one of those things. It's cool. This is like Mystery Alaska. In a little bit, yeah, a little bit, yeah. yeah. Um, little Richard out there singing the national yeah. and Canadian anthem. Um. He's gone though, man. I know. Rest in peace. Um, what else is going on? Anything else you're looking for? Cobra Kai season three came out. I'm pumped. I know you aren't really into it, but give, give it Disney Plus. Episode. Disney Plus is delivering this year. It's 2021. They're coming out with everything this year, so can't wait. That's right. Um, and if That's you're what a I'm Wonder looking Woman, forward to. If you're a Wonder Woman fan who's hating on it, just because everyone else is hating on it, start thinking for yourself. Like you can yeah. watch a ridiculously long movie. That's my only grudge against it, and and enjoy it. You could be like, it was okay. I watched it. I was entertained. Don't have to hate on it because everyone else is hating on it. That's yeah. my only. That's my rant right there. So, all right, I think we're good with this episode. Thirty-five, man, in the book. First one of twenty twenty-one. Let's hope it's a great year um, for us, you, everybody included. Um, but until next time, next time we meet, until episode 36, this was episode 35 of the Two Bros Talking Sports podcast. We look forward to catching you up with the next week in sports. Go Celtics. Go Patriots offseason. We'll talk to you soon.